Welcome, Anul. Hey, Ben, how are you? I'm good, man. Finally good to regroup. I haven't really heard too much around where you're up to, so I'm pretty pretty pumped to dive into your bizzo. Absolutely. It's been quite busy, but all good. <laughs> yeah, you look like you've been very busy. So how long have you been running the, the buyer's agent business for now? Just about three and a half years, coming close to four very soon. Nice. And are you missing your previous career in IT? No way. <laughs> I do miss the people coming from a corporate background, but, you know, it can be really lonely at the top, as people say. So, you know, of course, we're building a team in our current business, but it was a different feel, you know, when you work in corporate, but not from a work point of view, absolutely not. In fact, I offered a job to someone from the other organization to come and join me. Okay, you're headhunting. I like it. <laughs> yes. So where were you um, working before you jumped into your business full-time, your buyer's agent business? Yeah, it was it was one of the large corporate company that I worked for, uh, which is a global organization, you know, in a consulting space. And they've got about 700,000 people across the globe at the moment. So they're a leading organization across the globe in the work that we've done. So it was a 14-year stint with their organization right from the very beginning of inception, sorry, as in my journey of you know getting through my master's at RMIT here and then joining them as an analyst all the way up to a senior leadership position that I've gone through the ranks. And yeah, it was just a fantastic organization to be part of and learning new things out there. But so that organization is still doing very well overall, but I've got high regards for what I am today because of that. And that also helped, you know, with buyer's agency as well to set up the business and doing everything without a mentor on an ongoing basis. Yeah, wow. Unbelievable. Good on you. And so when did you buy your first property in Australia? That was in early 2000, I think 10 or so approximately, or maybe a little bit before that, but that's when I bought it. So I came in 2004 in Australia, did my master's and then joined an organization going through my professional life. And then soon after that was my first PPR. That's amazing. And you probably don't know off the top of your head, but since you started the buyer's agent business, how many clients have you bought for? I think it's over 200 plus at the moment that we've bought properties for. So I mean, last year itself, we did about close to nearly 80 to 100 transactions, I believe. We are, I mean, clearly in seven figures at the moment as compared to an, an averaging for last year. And I mean, of course, the market this year is sort of a bit you know, slow for the first quarter. But our first quarter results of this year are better than last year. So so I can't complain, but we'll see how we, how we land yeah, by the end of this year. Unbelievable. I mean, over 200 purchases, it's incredible. Yeah. So it's just that I think what's happened, obviously, you know, it's how you go to market and what you're talking to. So we're specializing in a more investment space, uh, especially on a half a million type. So there's a big, big sort of, you know, chunk of people wanting to look at properties under half a million and can build portfolios out of it. So a lot of repeat clients that we have as a result of that, for example, we've bought four properties in four months for clients as well uh, that fast. So I now we average about two to three properties per couple or client as such in about anything between two to three years time frame. So it's nominal. It's given the fact that, you know, uh, the type of clients that we have are professional coming from different backgrounds and they have the money to spend. They just don't know where to buy. It just becomes a very easy sort of you know niche area to operate in, given that lack of time, lack of knowing where to buy or what to do. Someone's there to sort of get them into the right investment space and they can grow their portfolio to retirement. So we're focusing on more financial freedom sort of a gain from a long-term perspective for clients. That's fantastic. So you said, sorry, just to clarify, so four properties in four months for one client. So four individual properties in four months. Talking about scaling your portfolio. Yes. And, and that's what we are all about in the market is all about scaling portfolio the right way and putting it on steroids. And that's what we sort of talk to it. That's our, you know, sort of tagline 
to say we buy with confidence and then put your portfolio on steroids. So that's why, you know, I mean, of course, uh, it's a different way of doing buyer's agency business. Many of them will focus more locally. We are buying across Australia. We are quite borderless. We've got clients all over Australia. We've got clients from US and Singapore as well now. And so given it's borderless, you know, people really don't care where the property is. All they want is someone who can, you know, be sort of provide support on wing basis and a good person for them to hold their hand throughout the journey. So a lot of it is consulting. And because my background has been consulting where I come from with a large-scale delivery, it becomes a lot more easier for me to carry those skills into what we're doing today. Yeah, wow. Unbelievable. I mean, it's incredible. Like 200 plus properties in like three and a half years since you started your businesses. I mean, I was on an interview with someone recently. I forget who it was. And I was saying to them like, just the opportunity to be able to participate in for you 200 plus transactions. Like, I mean, I'd say there could be hundreds of people who never even buy collectively 200 properties and you've had this opportunity to go through that process with so many clients it must feel great well you can imagine like you know i mean a hundred and sixty thousand dollar property renting for 230 a week on a 600 square meter block tenanted for two years grown 70 percent in two years why wouldn't that buy that guy buy another property right and and then the transaction to every property, you know, I mean, a property worth 160 going all the way up to half a million. There's so many properties in the country, right, in the right areas. So those who can afford, uh, say, a couple is working in IT, for example, earning about 300, 400K, sort of their annual um, income, and they have maybe their home or they've got another property, mom and dad type of investors, you know, for them, borrowing that sort of a million dollars or 1.2 million to buy another three properties is not difficult at all. All they need is someone to help them because there's cash flow, there's money coming in every year, and that needs to be invested somewhere than keeping in the bank, especially in today's environment. Yeah, I understand. They've got the serviceability. They don't know how to really execute, and that's what you're there for. So are you servicing a lot of people in, in that IT space? Lots. I mean, 80% of my clientele would be around that space because I've come from that background. Uh, people connect very well with that sort of space. And then we've got doctors, lawyers, restaurant owners, business owners, accountants, real estate agents as well, for that matter, who want to buy properties in other states that they can't buy. Unbelievable. It's fantastic. So what's the most amount of properties you've bought for one client before? Seven, sorry, six in three years for one client. So their portfolio was around 1.5 to 1.6 million when we bought it. So we're sitting at around 1.8 at the moment with 300k uplift and combined rent is over 800 to 1800 to 1900 with an expansion view of they can actually get to around 2500 with a few changes on the property. Unbelievable. Even just, I mean, six properties in three years. I mean, to hold six properties, you sit in a very small, I, th- I forget what it is, maybe less than one and a half percent of investors in Australia. Like it's small minority yeah and and because we focused on positively get properties and high yield sort of properties you know they tend to sort of service well and clients like that you know who are contracting and sort of like that which sort of becomes very easy for them to play a game like that ultimately it's all growth right so cash flow is only just to let you going and sort of acquire the right type of properties in your phase one before you go and sort of get into retirement phase which is more high yield properties but because we are not limited to strategy we would buy property to strategy before we even start commencing our search on the ground we are looking at balancing that whole thing with cash flow and growth so therefore the client can continue to balance the portfolio over a period of time and then recycle properties as well as in been required because there's opportunity cost with things that they might be holding which doesn't make sense Right. So a lot of this is consultation that goes along and year on year sort of holding their hand, you know, they feel comfortable to come back. Then you've got clients sort of referring businesses to you as well. So most of it becomes, you know, client referrals or, or repeat business or, you know, and that's what we want to really focus on is, is, is customer service and, 
ensure that the portfolio is growing so that they keep coming back to us to buy more. Makes sense. And with those style of returns you're talking about, I mean, and I guess the price points, it seems like they're going to be coming back and waiting in line very quickly. Yes. And it's all research-based. I mean, if you look at it right now, Ben, for example, we just bought a property three months ago for $288,000 for a client, you know, and they basically took up a couple, I'd probably say in the living relationship, came together to buy something in superannuation because we are quite heavily buying properties in super as well for clients. Uh, setting up the SMSF and doing it that way. Uh, so we have an extended arms with accounting and uh, finance and everything else associated with what we do. So, you know, it becomes a very easy conversation to farm them off to have that sort of right advice and then buying in super. So these, this couple, they came, they've split now and they're trying to sell it back to me so we can buy it for another 55 buyers that I have right now to buy properties for. 55 buyers? Yeah, at the moment, yes. We've got that on our books right now to clear. So... <laughs> I, as in 55 properties, it could be less buyers, but because they buy multiple properties, like for example, New South Wales client would sign up for four properties up front. Unbelievable. Right. And they'd be like, yep, we'll leave it to you. That's four engagements to you. You you can select wherever they are. And then we buy properties through you. So, you know, you go through a journey of six months and whenever you clear them, you clear them. So I've got 55 properties to buy right now. Unbelievable. Right. And so coming back to that other point was that $288,000 property is now in the market for 310 or 320 yeah if they were sell if they were to sell it in the market so even in a slow market like that the property has gone up so you know why wouldn't you invest yeah i understand and i mean obviously we're recording this now in um towards the, the tail end of october i guess have you noticed i mean you, you mentioned you're buying nationally how have you found the market since this transition of rates rising have you found it more challenging to buy is it easier to buy what have you noticed yeah i think it's just it's nothing to do with the transaction at property level because there are enough buyers in the right areas to buy properties. It's more to do with the confidence level of a buyer today. So obviously, you know, last year, we didn't have to speak so much to a prospect so much last year as we are doing now. But for people who can see through, you know, adversity and see it as an opportunity today, I think there's plenty of right type of properties to buy with right type of growth mindset in their own mind and then sort of building a portfolio the way we do things. So they can still get into the growth. Market is still good. I mean, buy in Perth, buy in South Australia, you'll be paying over asking price today, right? Even in a slow market like this. Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, sort of negotiation, yes, but we are now sort of in the middle of spring. We are seeing higher buyer activity. There are properties, good properties coming back to the market. So there's no slowdown as such, really. I mean, you know, at the transaction level, which is why the prices are holding well in areas we are buying. And that's what the confidence really is for the investor to really, you know, just keep pushing on that. It's true, though. You mentioned the confidence for investors. I mean, it's, it's clearly there. The demand's there. As you said, like you said, Perth and, and South Australia, I mean, it's super competitive. And so it's obviously not creating too much fear for these investors who don't want to, who want to back down and not buy. But I would think there's still a good portion of people who are just very fearful to get into the market because they're listening to the media. So that's right. I mean, talk to a New South Wales client, he cannot understand why am I paying over asking price in South Australia? <laughs> okay. You wouldn't get that right now, but every market is so different and you just cannot compare. Like, I mean, if you've got five buyers buying over asking price, why the hell would you be able, you can't negotiate. There's no way, right? Why would a seller sell it to you for nothing, right? It doesn't make sense. So you've got to understand markets before you buy. So, and that's the whole beauty of it is because you've got so much variation and we have, we are borderless. It doesn't mean that we are stuck with any transaction as such, right? You know, I mean, if one state doesn't work, go to another one, go to another one. So, you know, and that's the flow that keeps the business going because then at any point in time, we still have opportunities. Yeah, it's such a, such a good point. 
And I mean, you've obviously built these very strong relationships with real estate agents, I'm assuming, in all these different states, right? Yes. And it's, that's, that's actually quite pivotal to your success anyway, because I think, you know, having that relationship gets you opportunities with off-market and uh, with going through all your course anyway. So, you know, the idea is to sort of get the best possible and, and they've got the confidence as well that our buyers will not default on loans. So pretty much, you know, it works hand in hand for both sides. I agree. You said the word pivotal. I mean, I think real estate agents so critical to the success of a transaction. I think a lot of buyers don't know that. Like a lot of buyers just don't realize that if you're out there just trying to have a punt and buy in Perth to grow your portfolio and you don't know an agent. I mean, you're up against a lot of buyers, agents or people who know that real estate agent. And so you've got to work out why you're going to, unless you're overpaying, why they're going to sell it to you. That's right. And I'll give you a very good example of this one with a very recent transaction for a doctor. We did this recently, his second property with us in a local area in the west of Melbourne in Metro, uh, nearby suburb. What happened was there was a developer. So there's already properties all built out there. It's a great suburb. You know, everything is fantastic. And just in the middle of the whole space, there were some land components that were still not sold. So there were two lands that came out that developer wanted to sell. And my client wanted to help us secure that property for them or that land for them. And they want to build their own home as a result of that. So I said to them, you understand that's an expression of interest that's running for four weeks. There'll be so much demand on that property. And that's the developer side. It's not even a sales agent there. Now, so... He engaged me. I said, look, I'll try, but we'll see how we go. And four weeks of whole campaign run through, expression of interest, over 50 applications with 250 interest on that, on that one land. It was absolutely crazy to get off that, you know, from the developer. But because of the relationship, we bought the property, right? So it was never about like, you know, and we obviously had to have, be the highest bidder, but, you know, your relationships can take you through all that. Yeah. And you're right, like, a lot of buyers just assuming, you know, they, they, they value your service, hence why they sign up with you. But there's a lot of other buyers who really underrecognize the power of a real estate agent relationship. And the only way you build that relationship is through continuous acquisitions through that agent, which the standard buyer just doesn't do and can't do. No, no, that's right. And, and also the standard buyer for him, uh, you know, the, the level of communication conversation that you would have with the agent is very different to how we would execute that conversation. So, you know, they straight away know you're a first-home buyer, you know, uh, talking to them versus actually using a buyer's agent who can technically have the right type of conversation rather than asking those other, you know, simple questions which can be answered by a buyer agent to the, to the, to the buyer. So we've just done one, you know, home buying as well for a first-home buyers who live in the city. They want to come to Point Cook where our office is and buy in this local suburb. And we, we, we still got that business over the others just because we've been asking smart questions and right questions without wasting sales agents' time, right? The rest of the questions we're handling with the buyer. So the buyer gets very confident that, yes, I'm getting through it. We just got a building page done and there's a bit of a crack. Uh, when I say crack, it's actually an expansion joint that's opened up. So the, the gap between the two bricks have actually expanded. So it feels like you know, as if there's been a ground movement, which is what that showed up as a major defect. Now, if they didn't have me as a buyer's agent, they would not buy that property. They were almost about to pull out. They've gone to the extent of getting inspection done through a stormwater just to check if there's any leakages that has caused that because that's what the inspector told them. But now finally we're buying the property. It's only because we are carrying their confidence. And so we become so pivotal in between buyer's confidence and also then seller's con seller agent's con confidence as well because we are communicating in between, right? 
and holding both sides together to make sure that they don't lose confidence and they don't encourage another buyer to put a bid. And while for us, you know, on our buyer, he doesn't move out just because he's losing on a good property. So it's always that balancing act that we're playing in between the two sides. Yeah, it's true. And and buyers will never trust the sales agent directly, right? So I think we play such a great role in the industry now. And I think more and more people are starting to realize that we need a buyer's agent, you know, as opposed to what it was four years ago when I started this business, no one knew what the buyer agent was. <laughs> so thank you, Ben, to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you, you're breeding all these buyer's agents, which is great. Sort of competition in the market as well, but I guess for, for the right reason. Yeah. And, you know, it's such there's, there's such a small amount of buyer's agents still when you put it into perspective. There's less than 3,000 in Australia. Nothing. No, I think we need more because how much can you eat, right, uh, in your plate? There's enough there to sort of work through anyway. So the more they are, I, I love the concept of how mortgage brokers work because, you know, they don't see each other as a competition because there's so many buyers out there and there are so many banks. So it's like you've got flow in, flow out. So it, they work very well together, right? And that's what I think as an industry with, with this sort of new buyers agents coming on board, I think the clear message for me, would be like, you know, guys, don't see us, don't envy us, but, you know, we can work together to really showcase that in the industry, this is one, it's a need. Second, you know, yes, we work together well. And it's not about pinching clients of each other. It doesn't make sense. There's enough out there. Man, you've got a good perspective, good outlook, an abundance mindset. I, I admire that. You know, like I think it's, I, I'm on the same page as you. When I was running Cohen Handler at the time, like I, I wanted to see more buyers agents. I, I, was, if, I was just praying that more came into the market because it would improve the consumer awareness. It would make it easier for everyone. And I mean, yeah, some people obviously don't have that perspective and that's okay. But it's awesome that, you know, you've got that outlook. So just as we wrap up, I just wanted to understand. So when you engage with a client, are, are you preparing? Because obviously you are looking to get them on steroids, not them, but their portfolio. Are you building out like a, a plan to begin with with them? Uh, we've done it so many times now that there is a standard deck that we use to sort of prospect the client to sort of walk him through some numbers, showcase some properties. And it doesn't mean that we go through the same process every single time. It comes down to where did the buyer come from? Is it a very cold sort of a buyer in a way that is it just Facebook through with no other contact through Google or has it been referred through other business partners or whatever that might be, the conversation changes on the ground, right? Because again, qualifying the avatar helps us understand how to prospect the client. And that would also mean that if, you know, someone's just sort of in the current market, for example, no matter what you say to them, if they're not confident to put their money into the current market, they will not do it, right? So it doesn't matter how clear you can be with them and, you know, and how you show them the game, but it's the fear that takes over everything. But we do have a standard way of how we would prospect. We've improvised that over a period of time. We know what works well. And given that the type of clients we have, they understand numbers very well. Showing them numbers and understanding their social style helps us sort of win, win business. Love it. Well, Anu, we're going to finish on that note. Where can people find you? Like website or socials? Yes, everywhere. <laughs> Just look for Find My Real Estate and I'll be there. <laughs> I love it. You're a legend. Listen, congrats. You're crushing it and you're going to be taking it to a whole new level, I can tell. So um, good to chat. Thank you.